Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Storytime with the Mod Podcast, episode 46. Forgive me in advance if my voice is a little deeper and more raspy than usual. Um, the weather here in Cincinnati has taken a turn for the worse. Last Friday was nice, sunny, and warm, and then in true typical Cincinnati weather, Midwest weather fashion, it fucking plummeted. Um, got down into like the, the mid-60s, I think. It was raining and shit. And myself and many others that I've seen over the last couple of days felt the brunt of it. Um, I don't feel too bad, but I just know my my fucking voice sounds a little deeper, more raspy than usual. Um, and I can feel it just even when I talk. But I persevered through that because I know I need to deliver a podcast episode to y'all. Some compelling and intriguing things. So we're here. We're here. I'm happy to be here. Despite that, got my bottle of water, drank tea earlier, a, a, a lot of tea actually throughout the day. So I'm good to go. Um, let me get into a couple things. First, we're going to start off on some high notes first this week. Um, the Emmys was last week. Just want to highlight a couple things from the Emmys. First of all, uh, shout out again to Daniel, Donald Glover who I've shouted out plenty of times on this podcast. And I am not shouting out Donald Glover because he won any Emmys, though um, there were a few people from the Atlanta show and their appearances in the show who walked away with Emmys. But if anybody was watching, anybody was paying attention, or if you were even on social media during or after the Emmys, you saw the iconic image of the legend Teddy Perkins. Um that Teddy Perkins, if, if you don't know who that is, then you you clearly aren't a fan of Atlanta, uh, the show by Donald Glover, created by Donald Glover. Um, and you should get hip to that because it's just a great fucking show. Season one and two both were outstanding. Um, and the Teddy Perkins episode is easily one of the most um, riveting, one of the most intriguing one of the most interesting television episodes of any kind that I've ever seen in my entire life and I'm not exaggerating when I say this anybody who saw that shit uh just you just left you with your jaw drop throughout the entire thing and then once the the info came out giving more details about the episode that we all found out about later it just made you appreciate even more the genius of Donald Glover and what he brings to the entertainment industry and so Shout out to Teddy Perkins for being at the Emmys. Um, that, that shit was incredible. Um, and then the second thing from the Emmys that I want to highlight is Regina King um, for the Emmy that she won. I don't remember exactly what category it was, but she won um, for her role in the show, the Netflix limited series Seven Seconds, um, which was all about. Uh, without giving too much away, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, it's been some time since it was released and, and, you know, most people have seen it at this point, anyone who was interested in it. But Seven Seconds was all about um, some white police officers, I believe in New Jersey, uh, who killed a young black boy. And then it was it was covered up and it was just a lot of lies and deception. Um, and it really honestly highlighted 
the justice the justice system and the, and a lot of the things that happen in in real life and so you know I think I spoke about it I might have spoke about it on the podcast I don't remember when when the show first came out and I watched it um but I know that you know a lot of people that I know who watched it um especially black people it, it struck a a bit of a nerve struck a chord because you know we we've seen things like what happened um happen in many shapes and forms and it's in this unfortunate um but it was it was nice to see her win for her role in it because she played an incredible job she did an incredible job playing the role that she did and and even further her speech uh that she gave was beautiful so you know shout out to her i'm sure she'll hear this uh because you know my shit circulates like that but shout out to her um just a wonderful accomplishment and wonderful acknowledgement of what she was able to bring to that show excuse me and everything that it stood for um okay so closing out that the next thing on the docket um the nba nba is upon us quickly approaching um yesterday i believe was the first day um or at least it was like media day i don't know what they call it but it was all the teams taking their pictures and stuff like that so there were a lot of images circulating through social media um most notably the brand new look lakers um you know lebron and his boys rondo beasley lance stevenson the young boys lonzo ball uh brandon ingram kuzma so it was it was a bit crazy just seeing lebron in that uniform standing with those guys uh the new look rockets with carmelo joining cp3 and james harden you had the the monsters the golden state warriors who've added DeMarcus Cousins already on top of what they already had with four all-stars. Uh, the, the Celtics back with their strong, healthy five um, with Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, and, and, you know, all of those guys back together. Um, of course, my Wizards, we got Dwight Howard added to the squad this year. We'll see how that plays out, but I'm optimistic. <coughs> but the highlight of all of that by far and not from a team, just was Kawhi Leonard. So Kawhi Leonard broke his silence um, media day for the Raptors. And not only did he break his silence, but this motherfucker laughed. And I think we all realized quickly why Kawhi doesn't laugh very much because that shit was the creepiest but funniest thing that I think I've ever heard. Um, You got to go see the clip if you haven't seen it, but that shit was incredibly funny. Um, And I understand now why his representation was hiding him from everybody for so long because that motherfucker seems awkward as all hell. He can play, he can ball like a motherfucker, but man, that boy is awkward. And that laugh is just something fucking ridiculous. That shit was that shit was crazy. Um, but with that said, I'm gonna go ahead and make my early, early, early predictions now so that it's on the record and everybody um will know that I made my predictions early and, and it wasn't you know, no bandwagon type of shit once the season starts. So I'm going ahead and make my predictions now. Um, a lot of people are saying or questioning whether or not the Lakers will make the playoffs. They absolutely will make the playoffs. Um, I'm going to give them a three seed, I think, maybe four. Um, I can never underestimate the talent of LeBron and the way he's going to elevate the rest of those guys. I believe in those guys. I think Beasley, Rondo, and Stevenson – 
the wild cards on the team are all going to show up. JaVale McGee as well. I think they're all going to show up and play well with LeBron, and he's going to have them focused and on the right track. I think the young guys are going to step up their game, having a guy like LeBron around, having a guy like LeBron to practice and play against every day. I think they're all going to raise their game, and they'll be a four seed. I don't even understand how anyone would question whether or not they're going to make the playoffs, but they're, they're definitely, even in the Western Conference, which I understand is tougher, but they're definitely going to make the playoffs. Um, as far as the Rockets, everybody's talking about the Rockets. They'll be fine, but I don't see them making it out of the West. I have to go with Golden State. I know this is going to be a popular pick, but Golden State and the Celtics in the finals, and I think it will actually go to seven games, and uh, Golden State will three-peat. Not a hot take, I understand that, but it's hard to beat a team with that much talent in seven games. And even with the amount of talent that Boston has, they've never been there as a group. They've never really gone to that deep end of the pool as a group. And there's also a lot of guys on that team, though I hope they do stay healthy. There's a lot of guys on that team and in that starting unit that have had histories of, of injuries. So once you add that into it, it's hard to see a scenario where they are able to stay healthy for 82 games and play together for 82 games <coughs> and be in a position to beat Golden State um, late in, in the playoffs. So the my Wizards, I, I got us um, – also making the playoffs. I think Dwight Howard will honestly bring an improvement. He's a younger, more athletic uh, person at that center position um, over Gortat, who we had last year. And I and I loved Gortat. But Dwight, if Dwight can at least be 80% of what he once was and just be a pick and roll, kind of a, a, a better version of JaVale McGee, honestly, what he was for the Warriors last year, but very serviceable, serviceable. Then he'll fit well alongside John Wall and Bradley Bill if he brings what he can do and stays focused and then defends the rim on the defensive end. Um, he, could, he could be a big help to us there. I'm interested to see Toronto and how they play with Kawhi. Um, Kawhi is definitely an upgrade over DeMarcus DeRozan. Um, DeMar DeRozan, sorry. Uh, he's an upgrade over DeMar DeRozan, which is, is not slighting DeMar. That's just... A fact, Kawhi is just a better two-way player. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he plays and fits alongside those guys out there. And even further, what his interest level in being there really is, because that remains to be seen, I think. And I'm going to go out on a limb, and I already bet somebody on this, um, that Carmelo, I think, will return to form. Carmelo will be back to the guy we once thought he was. Um, who I still believe he is, who can put the ball in the basket at a high level. Um, and and being with Chris Paul and James Harden will allow him to get some looks that he hasn't seen in many, many years. I don't know that he's ever seen the type of looks he's going to get this year because he's never played with two guys who can create like that and put him in a position to score the ball and do what he does best. So I'm excited for him, and I wish people would stop hating on Melo so much, but you know that's the nature of it all. And I got him getting back up into the high double digits, averaging points, um, high high 20s or, or mid mid to low 20s. I mean, um, that's that's what I see for him. The last thing on the basketball front. And again, if you've been paying attention to anything that's been going on over the last week or so, you would have seen like I saw the image that has been floating around that seems to indicate that LeBron James has signed up to be in Space Jam 2. 
Now, I was having a conversation about this, and it's a bit interesting to me because while Space Jam 1 for us was huge because, and, and us being people of my generation, Space Jam 1 was huge for us because not only did it feature the greatest basketball player of all time and, and not even close the greatest of our generation at that particular moment, Michael Jordan, but it also featured Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes, which are characters that we grew up on. So it was kind of that double that double whammy of having MJ, who had retired, coming back, and, we, and we're getting to celebrate him again and again being the greatest player of all time and, and you know, head and shoulders the, the, above anyone else is the greatest player of that generation. <clears throat> but then you throw in the, the nostalgia of Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes. The thing that's interesting about this second go-round of Space Jam 2, assuming that this is all true, is that while LeBron is is just a big, just as big of a star as Jordan was, I don't know that the the younger folks, the 18, 19, 20 year olds who grew up watching LeBron will have the same understanding and appreciation of Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes. So I'm a bit interested to see how they how they work that piece into it because those characters and that cartoon isn't as prominent and as prevalent as it once was. So I don't even know if the, the younger generation that came behind us will even know, you know, the history of that. But I'm interested to see how they do it. And then further, you know, anyone who remembers the original Space Jam knows that Mike took some guys with him um, in terms of other NBA players being in the movie um, playing for the Monstars. And so the big question has been floating around is who's going to be the other guys in the movie. So <clears throat> what my guess is, and, and I think, you know, there's some obvious choices Dwayne Wade, Carmelo's, Chris Paul have been thrown around. Um, I saw some talk of Anthony Davis, and I could see all four of them doing it. Um, he might go younger, get some of the younger guys like Giannis, maybe. Um, so I don't know. I think I think out of them five, I could or Joel Embiid. I could see Joel Embiid being hilarious in a movie. Joel Embiid might be an option. Ben Simmons might even be an option. I know him and LeBron um, have the same representation. And Anthony Davis just signed over there with those guys. So it could get real interesting. But Space Jam 2. Yeah. Welcome back, Bugs Bunny. <coughs> ah, the next thing I had on the list. And actually, let me let me skip over this, this next one I had and, and get to um, one other thing first. Um, as I mentioned, the weather is starting to change. Um, we are getting into the fall season. And... Fall season means hoodie season. So hoodie season is, um, though I am a summer warm weather person, hoodie season is near and dear to my heart just because my hoodie game is always on point. I always look good. I always have unique, one-of-a-kind hoodies that no one else really has, and it just sets me apart. But I just want to send a message out there, both to the to the males and the females, fellas, um, hoodie season, you know, when that comes around, your, your girl likes to wear, put your hoodie on and, and, you know, get cozy and all of that is beautiful. You should absolutely do that. Like get comfortable, um, enjoy each other's space and all of that good stuff. But just remember that the, that hoodie is yours. And while you may allow her to, to wear it on occasion and, and borrow it on occasion, it is yours. And remember to get your shit back. Um, she will claim it as her own. She will wear it like it's hers. 
and it's cute. It's all, all very cute. Like, you know, it's it's a very, you know, endearing thing. It's 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 beautiful. But don't get your shit snatched. Like it's just, and I only say that because it's just not fair. You know what I mean? Like, that's yours. Um, she can't stake a hundred percent claim to it. So just you know, just be mindful as she's getting cozy in your shit that it don't magically become hers. Um, and ladies, just be, you know, just be nice about it. Like, don't strong arm your man shit. I have these uh snowflake pants that that I like to wear that around the house, very comfortable, very cozy. Um, and these like these shits is super comfortable. And again, I break these out during the fall because it's, you know, that's when it started to get a little chillier. And and I broke it, break them out in the fall. And I remember the first time, the first time my girl saw them, like, I I think she made a comment about it. Like, she was like, I think she flat out might have said she was going to take them from me or some shit like that. Um, and I'm I, I'm wearing them as I'm recording this podcast just for just for perspective. But, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of chuckle at it. And and next thing you know, fellas, all your shit will be gone and you won't know what the fuck to do. You won't know where it went and she'll just be wearing your shit around like it's hers. But, you know, again, it's, it's cute and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with getting cozy with each other and, and all of that good stuff. Um, but, you know, just just make sure you maintain your shit. OK, with that said, got through some of the. Um, the more cheerful, the little, you know, lighter note type of stuff. Because I wanted to get into something that is real important to kind of close things out in this episode. And I'm going to start it off by by talking about um, some shit that went viral um, over the last week or so. And that's Kanye West. So first of all, I've spoken about my feelings about Kanye um, over the last several podcasts and my disappointment. And, and what he's done and how he's come out and some of the things that he's said. But uh, over the last couple of weeks, it appears that he has been making attempts to get back to his roots, I'll call it. And that and the evidence in that is he went back to Chicago. He's been in pictures with some of his, I'll call earlier cohorts, people like Consequence, people like GLC, people like Rhymefest. And if you're familiar with Kanye West, and you know that all of these people were very instrumental um, and very closely connected to him during the early parts of his career where we all fell in love with him and his <coughs> outspoken nature and his um, willingness to speak out on behalf of our culture and our people. So these are a lot of the people that were around him when all of that was taking place. Rhymefest even, you know, more specifically, um, was involved in Donda's house, which is the foundation um, that is there in Chicago, named after Kanye's mother. Um, that does a lot for the city and does a lot for the youth of Chicago. So, you know, while I'm not ready to forgive some of the things that he said and some of the things that he's done over the last couple months, um, I do take it as a positive sign that he's back around some of those people that seem to be positive influences in that regard. So first there was that. Um, then there was the announcement of, of him... Uh, doing the album with Chance the Rapper, which, you know, Chance is very revered and, and very well, um, very highly praised. Um, someone who do, who does a lot for the community, does a lot for the culture. So that seems like another step in the right direction, getting itself around somebody like that. One of the younger fellas who's doing who's doing positive things like that. 
Um, there were a couple other things sprinkled in there that weren't as notable to me. Um, but, you know, there were some other things sprinkled in there. But that led up to um, a couple days ago where Kanye went on Instagram and recorded a message walking through Chicago. And he basically took aim at Nick Cannon, Drake and Tyson Beckford. And all of it was centered around his feeling that each of these men have spoken ill of his wife, Kim Kardashian, in some form or fashion. Now, Nick Cannon, he was upset about because Nick Cannon um, apparently made some comments suggesting that Drake might have slept with Kim Kardashian. Um, then he said that Drake was disrespectful for, for the song uh, In My Feelings, where he says, Key, key, do you love me? Um, and Kanye seems to believe that the Kiki was in reference to Kim or trying to poke poke fun at that in some kind of way. And Tyson Beckford, I believe, uh, made some comments on Instagram where he, you know, discredited Kim for having a fake body and, and made a lot of comments about that. So the interesting thing about it was Kanye kind of got gangster. Like it was a little bit interesting in that regard because he was speaking like a man who wanted to do something to these guys like physically which is a bit comical to me. Um, and I don't know if that's because he's back in Chicago and he's feeling tough, if he's back around some of those people that I mentioned and they, and they, you know, he's feeling like he's got backup now or what it may be. But it was kind of funny and interesting that, you know, he, he was stepping out and speaking like that. Um, and so he made mention of the fact that he was, he was clear minded and, and back on his meds or whatever. So I, I guess that's a good sign too. <clears throat> Though I don't know if he's trying to chalk up some of the comments that he made to being off his meds. Cause I don't really necessarily believe that, but it was a bit interesting to see him kind of speaking in the manner that he was speaking. Now, the reason why I bring it up and it's going to lead into a more serious kind of discussion or, or topic here um, is, is to the point of mental health because I've, I've I've seen a lot over the last couple months. You know, there's been a lot of conversation, especially in the entertainment industry around mental health and the way the younger generation is coping with it in the form of drugs and, and alcohol, lean and all of these type of things. Um, and then like recently I spoke, you know, in the last podcast about Mac Miller and, and some of the struggles that he had, um, which unfortunately uh, led to an overdose. Um, I saw a Machine Gun Kelly interview on The Breakfast Club where, you know, they they kind of had a little mini inter intervention with him in reference to his drug use. And, and he kind of spoke about how, you know, there's a lot of pain that he deals with, a lot of just different different emotions. Um, So it, so it was kind of all of that was swirling in my mind. Then um, I had some conversations just with, with friends of mine and people that I know recently just around therapy and around, you know, people seeking out counseling um, and the stigma that's associated with that and, and how a lot of people just don't want to be viewed as a person that needed that or that they, they think that people will think that they're crazy or call them crazy. Um, then I saw an interview today, earlier today, Taraji uh, P. Henson on The Breakfast Club as well, who... Uh, has started a foundation, I believe, centered around the mental health of, of black people um, and trying to, you know, raise awareness and get people more comfortable, get black people specifically more comfortable with seeking out therapy and, and talking to people about their issues. 
And then speaking at a breakfast club, Charlemagne has been very vocal, you know, about his uh, his growth and progress in that realm in terms of uh, having a therapist that he sees regularly. <coughs> um, he's writing a book about anxiety and how mental health, you know, is something that we need to deal with. And so all of this just got me thinking, um, you know, just about how how a lot of that stuff is viewed and how seriously so many people could likely benefit from going to therapy. And, and I'll say even using myself as an example, I know there are several things. Um, and, I, and actually, let me before I get into that, let me take a step back and say a lot of the narrative around um, mental health and therapy in the black community is just around how we were never really that was never really something we were taught was okay for us or good for us, good for us or okay for us in the sense that growing up, you know, people who went to to therapy or psychiatrists, again, people called them crazy. People thought they there was something wrong with them. Um, a lot of times in the black community, you're taught, you know, go to church or pray and that'll fix all your problems or that'll solve things for you. And then when you think about people in, in these, you know, poverty-stricken urban areas a lot of times which are largely populated by black people a lot of us come out of environments that leave you with some form of of post-traumatic stress um you know you, you get people that grow up in neighborhoods where they hear gunshots they see people getting killed they see drug addicts uh they, they you're in situations where maybe the family structure at home isn't sound and you're dealing with different stresses at a young age and and you just see a lot of different things and experience a lot of things and and you grow up trying to deal with all of that, not really knowing how to settle your emotions or cope with all of these things. And you become an adult and you just carry all of this stuff with you um, and it manifests, manifests itself into certain things. So going back to what I was about to say, using myself as an example, I know for a fact there are things, you know, that have occurred in my life that probably... I would be served well to sit down and talk to somebody about it. And I never have. And I've had times where, you know, I've thought about it, but I've, I've always just kind of chalked it up to, to I'm strong enough to deal with it. Um, I've been asked by, by people close to me before if they felt like, or if I felt like I needed some form of therapy or something like that, just based on some of the things that I've experienced and some of the, you know, things that I've had happen in my life. And, and not until recently did I ever really think about it seriously um, because I think I even myself started to realize that that doesn't make me weak. That doesn't make me um, any less of anything. And that doesn't mean that I can't deal with my problems or that I'm not equipped to uh, navigate my emotions and navigate the things that have occurred in my life. But sometimes you just need to sit down and have an unbiased person there to listen and be able to offer offer a perspective. Um, so I've, I've had, like I said, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different people, um, people that I know, some who have been to therapists, some who haven't, but just getting, you know, those perspectives in. And I can't sit here right now and tell you, you know, I'm absolutely going to go and see a therapist at some point. But I will say that I'm much closer um, in the thoughts that I've been having than I've ever been. And and part of me even just feels like it won't do any harm. Um, and again, the acknowledgement that I know for a fact there are things that, that are hell, even even at this point, unresolved in my life that that I probably could could use some help with. And um, I think the thing for me, too, is that sometimes I get so caught up 
because of my personality and the type of person that I am, I get so caught up spending my time or pouring my energy into helping everybody else around me that I don't, that, that, that's my way of coping with things sometimes is I pour myself into helping other people as a way to, to deal with some of the stuff that I may have going on or to deal with the stresses of my life because I find joy and I find comfort in that. So, um, and even, even taking it a step further, honestly, this podcast, this podcast, one of the reasons that I do this the way that I do it and the way that I've approached it is because I, I use, this is almost like therapy to me because it gives me an opportunity to sit and just share thoughts and get a lot of things out of my head, especially some of the earlier episodes that I did when I was sharing very personal stories. You know, it was an opportunity for me to just express myself um, in, an, in an uninterrupted environment. And I don't necessarily get the feedback or the perspective that a therapist would offer, but it allows me a chance to just let my thoughts and my emotions flow out in a way that not a lot of people typically get an opportunity to do. So, you know, I don't know. I the, I don't know what the outcome or the or the end game and all of what I just said is, but I, I just thought it was something interesting, um, the thoughts and, and some of the conversations that I've been having. So I wanted to share that. And And again, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I hope that if there are people out there who listen to this, who are dealing with things or who feel like they can't cope with whatever they're dealing with for whatever reasons that you seek out help in whatever form you think, you know, would be beneficial because mental health is a real thing. And I I think, you know, a lot of light is starting to get shed on it. And that's good because, you know, people have to take care of themselves. It's not just the physical. You have to, you know, mentally, you have to take care of yourself if you're going to be equipped to, to thrive in the way that you that you've been put here to thrive and, and even to support the people that you've been put here to support and love. So, you know, it's important that people really, you know, take the time or take the space or whatever it is they may need to be able to deal with their mental health in the right way. Um, so that, so that you can be at your best and I'm not going to preach to you, but you know, I think it's just something that's vitally important to keep, to keep at the front and make sure you're taking care of yourself. So with all that said, um, I'm going to wrap up this episode here this week. Um, Hopefully y'all enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoyed doing it. And until next time, hopefully my voice is a little less scratchy and a little um, less deep than typical because I know how deep my voice is already. But anyway, I hope y'all enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoyed doing it. And until next time. Stay exquisite, beloved, stay positive, and keep progressing.